a major was assigned to a new office on a military base, and while he was working on setting up his office, a private not knocked on the door, and the major quickly picked up the phone on his desk and motioned to the private to come in into the office. And on the phone, the major was saying, yes, General Milley, I think that's an excellent idea. No, sir, that, that's fine. You feel free to call me any time. Thank you, sir. Good day to you, General Milley. And then as the major hung up the phone, he turned to the private and asked, what can I do for you, private? And awkwardly, this young man said, um, sir, I'm just actually here to hook up your phone system. No, it's so true that a lot of people are driven by the impression they make on other people, the sense that they are somebody, that they are well-known and respected and admired. That, that's a driver for everything they do. For other people, it may be success, maybe money, the, the prestige that comes with it. For other people, maybe the main driver is relationships. It's a romantic relationship or to find good friends, a good community, family. What is your main purpose? What gives purpose to everything you do? What do you seek more than anything in life? It's a very important question because, you know, whatever it is, it not only defines what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, but it also becomes your identity. It defines who we are. We are shaped by our loves, and we eventually become what we love. If you say, I love my job, that's my passion, that's who I am. I'm, I'm an architect, I'm a photographer, I'm a journalist, I'm a teacher. Or it's my family, that, that's my identity. I'm a spouse, or a parent, a grandparent, a brother, a sister. And it's in connection with this idea of purpose that defines our identity that I find this conversation between Peter and Jesus so meaningful. You know, when confronted with that question of who Jesus was, Peter answered. He says, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. He had come to know, really, who he was. But then Jesus turns around and says, and I tell you, Peter, this is, you answered correctly, so let me tell you, you are Peter. You are the rock on which I will establish my church. You know that in the Bible, a name signifies a mission. So in receiving this new name that didn't quite exist in Aramaic or, or Greek, um, Christ has given Peter who he is and the mission he has. He's to be the rock on which the church is established. To become a rock of faith, not just for himself, but for others as well. And let me tell you something. It's possible for us also to receive this vertical identity. Not just to find identity in you know, career and relationships and the things we do and the things we like. It's also possible to find identity in God. And it's an identity that assumes the other elements of our identity. It doesn't take them out, but it kind of assumes them and it's the, it becomes the core of who you are. Now, I've preached on this topic other times, so let me give it a bit of a new spin or some further step here. Because something that many of us may wonder in 
today's world is, okay, how can I keep that Catholic identity, that vertical identity in Christ, when there are so many contrasting voices around me? When this identity of faith is so contested, you know, so many people may challenge that. It's interesting in this gospel that, you know, precisely before telling these things to Peter, Jesus asks the disciples, what do people say? Let's take a little survey here. What do people say about me? And they present to him all these different opinions about who Jesus is. <laughs> Didn't that call your attention? It's kind of interesting. There were many opinions, and when people have different views, it's difficult, it's more difficult to make a statement because you are afraid that what I say may offend someone. You know? And that fear has only intensified today exponentially. Just look at social media. You know, we're surrounded by so many voices. I don't think that happened in that time. Yeah, you have many different places, cultures and peoples, but they were kind of more isolated. Today, in the palm of your hand, you have what everybody's thinking about everything almost, right? So the temptation in this world is to become Something like what you know, happens in that novel, Fahrenheit 451 by Red Bradbury, he imagines in this world, they have forbidden books. Why? Well, because books bring deep ideas, and deep ideas lead to conflict. So they decide to kind of wipe out culture. Let's not think anymore. Let's just have small talk, and that way we'll be more united. Something like that. Well, obviously, you know, um, that's not a real alternative. Who can live in a world like that, that would not be Christian, not even human, I would say. But again, the question is then, how do I do it? How can I keep that identity as a disciple of Jesus when I know that I will be challenged? Maybe my own roommates and friends and my family, the person I'm dating, you know, they, they might challenge that I'm, I go to Mass, that I pray, that I believe in, I'm a Catholic. Well, the first thing is this is to seek to strengthen that identity by giving a significant place to God's voice in your life. I think the main reason why we are so much swayed by different opinions is because these are real people. These are people I care for. I don't want to say or think things that might offend them or might put them at odds against me. And I, I want just to, be, to fit in. I want to kind of be like them and feel like I belong, I can blend in. But the possibility of having that identity in Christ is, well, what if Jesus is a real person? What if the saints are real people? What if there are real influences in my life? Not just abstract, abstractions or ideas. There are people with faces. I don't see them face to face yet, but the Lord is real, prayer is real. And if, if you pray, if you make prayer as a key component in your life, that will come to happen realize it's not, this is not just books. This is someone who knows me, who knows what I need, even more than other people. Peter could point to Jesus as a Messiah and overcome, you know, the many other opinions and kind of go beyond that because he had spent a long, a long time with Christ. He knew the teacher. And so, you know, it's possible for us to acquire that real identity if I pray on a regular basis. Maybe if you haven't done this already as a takeaway, maybe you can look up some good prayer resource, something that will help you be steady on that. There's a lot of things if you look for Catholic prayer apps on your phone. 
you'll find things like abide or pray as you go, magnificat, laudate. There's so many very good things. So maybe find one that fits the way you would like to pray and kind of get started with that. A second thing to do to strengthen that identity is and, and be able to withstand the many you know, winds if there are faith topics on which you have questions, things that are, are, you know, a lot of doubts arise around that topic, well, look for people that can help you. Ask those questions. Read good articles. Read good books. This year for you know, AU students and also here in the parish, you have good opportunities for faith formation. Online mainly, but you know, just connect with us in that, on that front. And that's an area of ongoing growth. For example, you know, even for me as a priest, this year, with all the protests and the sad things that happened, I, become, I have become more acquainted with the issue of racism, which is almost n- not really an issue in Argentina. You know, growing up there, you know, racial diversity is non-existent almost. So this is something new to me. And I know there's many sides to the issue, many voices. It's a complex issue, but it's good for me to, before I can tell, you know, this is how faith can illumine this to understand, to listen to different experiences and what, what this implies in people's lives. So if there are topics like that in which you need to understand better, to read solid authors, good thinkers, you know, saints, delve into it. Don't let the questions just, just sit there. And then let me conclude with this one. A third one is try to find positive points of connection with other people. You know, maybe you're surrounded by people who may disagree with you on matters of faith, ethical values, views on society. But being strong in your faith as a disciple of Jesus doesn't mean you're constantly looking down on people or clashing with them or arguing. And even with those you have different views, you can find points of connection with them. I remember a story of uh, a good friend in, in, in the West Coast, and he's a man of great faith. Formerly he was an evangelical, then he became Catholic a few years ago. And at the time he was a coach, a football coach on a public high school. And one year this, the drama director of that school decided to play, uh, he chose a play, as a very controversial play, I would say. And, but he chose the, the toned-down version for the high school. And so this football coach, who's a well-known Christian, he decided to invite him out for coffee to talk about it. And this drama director was a bit concerned. You know, what is this kind of, you know, strong Christian going to say to me? Is he going to smack me with the Bible in the head? What is he going to judge me for? And then to his surprise, you know, this, my friend began to tell him, you know, you know why I'm here in this high school? Yeah, I love football, but the main thing is I want to form the character of these kids. I want to help them grow as people of, great, of values and conscience. And I think you, you have that too, he said to the drama director, because you, you chose the toned-down version of the play. And I wanted to ask, you know, how did you do that? How, how do you draw the line? Why did you chose that version? I know how I draw the line, he said, because I'm, I'm a Christian. So the Bible gives me kind of the guidance for that. But how do you do it? The drama director, by the way, was a fallen-away Catholic. And, and he was kind of taken aback and didn't know how to, how to explain it. But it got him thinking. And my friend told me, you know, that was the beginning, kind of that thinking and what happened led him to eventually reconvert to the Catholic faith. 
And at times, that's a good strategy, you know, kind of find common ground. We share this concern together. Maybe we answer the question differently, but how do you answer it? How do you solve these issues that press on all of us? So maybe leave them with a question and find common ground that can bring, bring you closer. You know, that's a good entry point. So may we pray and ask the Lord for these things that we've uh, shared, uh, strength, to strengthen our identity through deep prayer, go deeper information, ask the questions, read, and find common ground with those who might disagree on many things but have some concerns in common with us. So may we pray. Lord Jesus, give me the grace of knowing you more deeply this year, of growing in the path of prayer. Give me the grace also, Lord, of knowing myself and discovering that identity of who I am in your sight. Because I believe, Lord, that that's my true self. That is the one I'm meant to be. The one you created me to be. Lord, even when I hear so many different views around me, help me to find your path and to follow your voice. Help me to find peace in you and give me the wisdom to portray that identity as your son, as your daughter, to others in in a good way. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.